When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got good news. You don't have to worry anymore. You just have to identify solutions and act on them. That's right. I don't worry anymore. I just identify solutions and act on them. Why? Because I got Morgulons. And Morgulons, amongst many of the other mysterious things they do, they feed upon our fear. Crystal Clear here, your fearless host of More Morgulons. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is going to be about... Well, first of all, just to jump off from the last episode about mouthworms, guess what I noticed when I woke up this morning? Oh, nothing, just a hole in the roof of my mouth by one of my teeth. Yep, just a jaggedy zigzaggedy hole. I'm sure I'm just delusional, though. Actually, you know, if I was, like, a straight-up stranger, not a stranger friend like y'all are to me, listeners, but if I was just a straight-up stranger and I happened upon this podcast and I started listening to this episode, I would be like, this bitch crazy. Because, like, when I hear myself talk about things that the medical literature describes as incredibly rare in humans. Like, for instance, gongolinema pulchrum, or whatever the fuck its name was, from the last episode. In fact, I want to, I just briefly, before we move on, um, I want to share with you guys this case study that I found about this, and man, it was just so interesting, because y'all will recognize human gongolinema Pulchrum infection, esophageal symptoms, and need for prolonged albendazole therapy. By Claudia R. Libertine, Mohamed Reza, and Hada. I think it's a 2017 article, y'all. It starts, we describe a case of gongolinema pulchrum. What's that, y'all? It's the mouthworm. That is described in southeast, guess where it is? Georgia. Yes, in Southeast Georgia, which is relevant to me because I live in Atlanta. Uh, The patient presented with intermittent yet persistent nausea and vomiting for months. Okay, maybe that doesn't fit, but I have had weird, like, like nausea episodes and even vomiting, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, which is out of character for me. And I know I ain't pregnant. Y'all, I'm almost 40 and single. Um, this case describes the need for extraction of worms on two occasions. <laughs> okay, we can skip all this. We know all about the extraction of worms. 
Uh, so the guy, like, normally you can treat this shit with, like, a couple of doses albendolzol, just like we've heard before with ivermectin and yada, yada, yada. Nothing cures morgulons. Uh, but they got rid of this guy's mouthworms with, like, repeated dosing of this anti-parasitic medication. Uh, azole usually means antifungal, so it's interesting that a worm is killed by an antifungal. Um, don't really know the pharmacology explanation behind that, but I can look into that if people are interested. Um, so listen to this. We present a case of G. pulchrum mouthworm infection that was acquired in rural southeast Georgia. The patient presented with intermittent but persistent nausea and vomiting occurring every few days for three months. Most human cases have been treated by worm extraction with or without three days of albendazole. Wait, case report, a healthy 37-year-old man who lived in rural Georgia presented to the emergency department with a three-month history of persistent nausea and vomiting. There were no associated fevers, chills, night sweats, or malaise. Malaise means just feeling like shit. He described recurrent buccal mucosa, that's the inside of your cheek, zigzagging blister, quote, like sensations that lasted for several days at a time for the preceding seven months. Uh, on the day of presentation, that means the day he showed up at the hospital and he's like finally sick of it, he has self-extracted a thin hair-like object with a needle from his buccal mucosa. So this dude has been dealing with this shit for months, like about as long as I've had Morgulons, and it's zigzagging around on the inside of his mouth. He is like, fuck this, gets a needle out, pulls this motherfucker out of his cheek. It looks like a hair. Hmm, sound familiar? And uh, goes to the ED. He's in rural Georgia now. I wonder what hospital. Um, then he says, on the day of presentation, he had self-extracted a thin hair-like object with a needle from his buccal mucosa. He placed this object in a jar and brought it to the hospital. Hey, here's another great example of why the, quote, matchbox sign is the stupidest fucking diagnostic criteria for delusional disorder ever. Go back to season one and listen to Who's Delusional? Episode. It goes deep into delusional parasitosis diagnostics. In other words, baloney, cockamamie, and bullshit. Anyway, comes to the ER. He's brought a hair with him in a jar. People are rolling their eyes. The emergency department discharged the patient on anti-emetics. That means shit that's like anti-nausea medicine. Emetic means like, uh, emesis is barf. And antacids. So they're like, oh, here's some stomach medicines, dude. With a referral to see an outpatient infectious disease consultant. Delusional parasitosis was considered. I bet it was. I bet it was written in his chart. <laughs> and I bet if you'd been a fly on the wall, that presumption would have been codified in a good collegiate eye roll amongst health professionals. Yes. Y'all ought to hear the way the health professionals talk about patients. Anyway, um, so... During the infectious diseases consultation, the patient continued to complain of intermittent nausea and vomiting. He recalled a heavy rain season the prior year with many flying roaches in his yard and home. Bam. Vector number one. Possible vector number one. He stored grains for consumption on the back of a double-wide trailer. Stored grains. Well, what can happen with stored grains? I don't fucking know. I'm not a farmer. I bet fungus can grow on them. I bet rodents can start rooting through them. I mean, who the fuck knows? But grain is like food, so other animals are going to try to get at it, y'all. Um, 
physical examination was normal, except for a lesion in his upper right buccal mucosa. Then they've got a figure. And this shit, if this ain't some Morgulons looking picture, it's like, what am I looking at? It's like, I don't, what's the issue? I mean, it's so minor, it's so minuscule. Like, again, delusional parasitosis was considered? Yeah, I bet it was. Because it's like, what am I, you know? It's not an obvious thing, y'all. Um, <clears throat> God, I love the flying roaches. At it again. All laboratory studies were normal. He had no eosinophilia. And remember, eosinophilia is what you see sometimes with some parasitic infections. It's sort of a classical sign of parasitosis uh, in the body. And yet we have learned through more mortalons over and over again that this classic presentation is not present. <laughs> Um, in so many cases. So is it the exception? Is it the rule? I don't know. And I don't know if anyone knows. Uh, I'd be interested to know. Um, so all lab studies were normal. He had no eosinophilia. He was advised to exterminate the trailer. Dude, like I ain't already set off 150 bombs. Uh, the worm extracted from the patient was identified. Oh, what, what, what comeuppance? Go redneck Georgia boy. He's like, see, I told you. Um, they identified that shit, man. The quote hair. Yeah, it was identified by microscopy as G. Pulcrum. He received 400 milligrams of albendolzol twice a day for three days. He experienced resolution of the nausea and vomiting for one week, two weeks later. Dang, 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 dang. He presented with reoccurrence of symptoms associated with the, quote, zigzagging sensation in his mouth and nausea with vomiting. He had self-extracted another, yet another, fine, fine specimen from under his tongue. Oh, bless his heart. Gongolinema pulchrum was identified a second time. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, y'all, keep eating your hat. Keep eating your hat. Mm-hmm. How's it taste? Not as good as the truth about these mouthworms that I got. Uh, given the persistent gonglanema oral infection, he received a 30-day course of albendolzol with complete resolution of his symptoms. No reoccurrence has been documented in more than two years. Yeah, they're probably living in his fucking brain now. Um, I don't know that. That's probably ridiculous. But I'm just saying, like, there is so much in parasitology that is not known. You know, if this guy... What... You know, do you know how many things had to come together for this case study to be written? Well, a lot of things. First, you had to have an ED doctor. I say ED, that means emergency department, y'all. Sorry if that's confusing. Back when hospitals were small, they called it an emergency room. Now it's a department. They're bigger. It took a doctor who didn't just assume that a hair is a hair and whatever. He was actually like, well, I remember back in medical school because that's how people in Georgia say school. They say school. Um, yeah, but anyway... This guy was open-minded enough. The patient was, you know, like persistent enough to, and, and savvy, clever, brave enough to extract this shit, put it in a jar and bring it. And somebody at the microscope was actually doing their job as well. Y'all don't understand how broken the healthcare system. I just, I don't. Unless you're an unhealthy American or a health professional in America, Lord. You do not have any idea how broken the healthcare system here is here in America. It's outrageous, atrocious, and absurdly broken. So for me, the fact that, you know, 
most people are not even going to get this thing, right? But there are some people who will, and who knows why, <laughs> you know? Who the fuck knows why? So much of this has not been studied. Nobody, what is the link between strongy, strongy, oh, it's not coming out tonight, y'all. Strongyldiasis, when you get strongy worms, hyperinfection, and you have HTLV virus, um, what, why are those two things associated? Why is a virus that causes cancer, a cutaneous lymphoma, why is a virus associated with a parasitic worm infection? Why does an antifungal medication kill a, a parasitic worm? What? Nobody knows the answers to these questions. So how the fuck can people be so quick and sure to jump to the idea that it's delusional parasitosis when a patient is talking about their credible experience of a parasitic infection. I mean, what? Y'all, I got morgulons. There's weird shit going on. I don't know if I have mouthworms. I don't know if I have strongy worms. I don't know if I have worms, period. Hell, I might be delusional. My mind's open to anything in the absence of evidence. So I can't believe I've <laughs> rambled on about this for almost 13 minutes. And that means we're running out of time. But I think we have some really good episodes coming up in the near future. Hoping to um, hoping to hear from y'all. Any of you listeners out there, you can leave a comment. I don't know how. Ask your friends. Um, I think it's on Anchor's webpage, maybe? Uh, but that would be great if you did. I love hearing from y'all. And uh, you will be hearing more from me, whether you listen or not. But I hope you do, and stay tuned. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hang on, y'all. Update, update. So, Mugulons, yes. The theory from the Charles E. Holman Foundation about Morgulons being caused by bovine digital dermatitis, which is sort of like a bacterial biofilm composed of spirochetes and other unknown organisms, potentially, that causes a derangement of collagen and keratin that perhaps produces some of these Morgulon-type fibers. It's not a bad theory, y'all, and... Uh, Again, I want to couch this in really, really, really specific terms. The moon is almost full. My moon galons could be affecting my morgulons. And then my moogalons are getting mixed up with all this. And so we don't know what's caused the vast improvement in the lesions on my face that began in September of 2020. But hallelujah! They are so much better, you guys. The topical antibiotic paste that I made out of oxytetracycline <clears throat> has thus far been very effective. It is used to treat acne in cows. I put it on them once daily. So ask your vet for a referral to your doctor so you can beg him for some oxytetracycline topical. I hope it works.
próximo. próximo.